Welcome to Saga Craft. Myths, fairy tales, legends, stories comfort us, inspire us, and heal us. Please join us as we share stories, both old and new. More than anything, we are open to the story and its unfolding. At times, it may be one story told by one person. At times, it's the same story told through three different voices. In the end, we go where the story takes us, and we invite you to follow. I'm C, a writer, artist, and storyteller. I'm Betsy, a medium and teacher of mystery traditions. I'm Gabriella, an artist and practitioner of folk magic. We We are are magical magical fairy godmothers godmothers in training. Tonight's story is about Vishnu, the god of eternity, and how he rescues the earth. Do you want to say a prayer or something, C? Yeah. I would like to invoke all and only the absolutely compassionate and perfect supportive alignment of our health, protection, well-being, success, and highest grace and good. I wouldn't keep up a boundary keeping all others out and ask that they be escorted out at this time, and that everything that happened here be beautiful, joyful, compelling, and a blessing for all. That's it. The enormous weight of ignorance and pettiness plummeted the earth into the primordial sea. Vishnu was watching and was irritated by this. He had absolutely no desire to go handle the earth and all its problems at this time. He had enough God business on his plate. However, he really loved the Vedas and he really loved the mystery books. And so disheartened, he decided that he would go save it. And he transformed into a boar called Varaha and dove into the sea all the way to the bottom, where he sifted through the silt and the muck until he finally found the earth and grabbed her and began to drag her to the top. And just as he broke the surface of the water, the earth turned to him and beamed and said, how many times have you rescued me like this? And as soon as she did, he was madly in love. And soon she transformed into a sow, and the two of them went and hid in the forest where they had lots of piglets, and they enjoyed many days of bathing in the sun and rolling in the mud and just having a fantastic time. But then Shiva looked down and was like, what is that about? How come Vishnu is still in Varaha? Why didn't he come back? And he was really irritated, and so he showed up in front of Varaha. And there was Varaha playing. And Shiva said, Varaha, what are you doing? There is enough God business that you need to handle. You do not have time to take a vacation like this right now. Get on it. Get on it. This is not you. This is not what you need to be. You are developing attachments in this world. It is not all right. But Varaha just continued slurping down his giant pile of vegetables before rolling around in the mud. And Shiva was very, very distressed at the whole thing. And he said, you are a god. You are meant to behave like a god. But Varaha just curled up with his mate and pretended to sleep. The second that Shiva was gone, Varaha jumped up and said, we have to leave. We have to go into hiding. And he took his family and they all ran to the top of a mountain and they located another place and they thought they were well hidden there. Meanwhile, Shiva went to Brahma and said, have you seen Vishnu? 
he is down there as Raha, look at him. And the two of them looked at him and uh, Shiva said, can you believe it? He is a pig. It's disgusting. Isn't it disgusting? And Brahma said, oh, yeah, yeah, kind of disgusting. Got to say that. He's like, it has to stop. He has God job duties. He must be on it. And Brahma's like, yeah, yes, he does have things to do. And Shiva said, do something about it. And Brahma said, okay, I'll handle it. But then as soon as Shiva was gone, Brahma looked down and he went, Vishnu looks so happy. He looks so content. And I know that he needs to come back, but I'm just going to give him a little more time. But this did not work for Shiva at all. So the minute that Brahma did not respond immediately, Shiva threw his trident. And Shiva's trident always hits its mark no matter where they are. So even though he didn't know where Varaha was, his trident did. And as the trident went spearing through Varaha, he fell to the ground in his death throes. And he looked up and he thought, it's all so beautiful. The waving of the green grass and the sparkling in the blue sea. And even the glistening red of the blood running out of me, it is so beautiful. And then Shiva appeared, having followed his trident, and said, you stupid, moronic pig, what is wrong with you? You have forgotten that you are an eternal god of light. And as Varaha lay dying, he began to dissolve into the god of light that he is. And he began to think, well, I think that might actually be true. But I'm so grateful that the earth is so heavy that she's sure to need me to rescue her again in the future. I'm so in love with this story and with Varaha. <laughs> me too. I love the idea of the reason to rescue the earth being the sacred text, the story. And I love that the earth was smiling at him and so grateful and that he was able to immediately fall in love with her. And I too love the, the attraction of the divine light and the sort of disgusting <laughs> physical form and that they're in love with each other and have to get into trouble so that they can continually get together and break apart. And that it's always hard. That going from God to human is hard and going from human to God is hard. Because I think we each do that moment by moment in our own lives. It also brings up the thought for me of do we not only go from God to human, but God to human to animal or some other type of nature being. And what a wrench it might be each time that we leave those incarnations. And yet that dissolving and that dissolution into another part of ourselves too is both magical and beautiful and also sad somehow. Mm -hmm. the, the most sad part of the story for me was his dissolution, his remembering that he was a god. Maybe that's because it's from a, my human perspective. But somehow that joy was only possible in mortal flesh. Possible only through breaking of the oath. Doing something he was not supposed to be doing. It also though, strikes me that as a sustainer, the way 
but he what he was actually bringing to the earth by being there in that incarnation as Varaha and being in such a state of happiness and sensual enjoyment, that feels also like it's a blessing that is given to the earth in some kind of way. Not just the earth, his consort, but the earth, the earth. It's like a mutual awakening. He was awakened by the earth and vice versa. Yeah. I think to me, it's very big that in both cases, when he falls in love with her and as he leaves, the high points of his understanding are when he sees that he's both. You know what I mean? Like that, oh yeah, I do love this mess. Like when he gets too far into either extreme of himself, then he sort of gets lost in it. But when he's aware that he's both, it's like, oh yeah, this is beautiful. This is the beautiful moment. This is the thing I love. It's the opening in the change, even though the change is resisted. And it's interesting the role that Shiva plays as the destroyer and as the, you know, we think of, um, or I do anyway, I think of death being an incredible window of opportunity in those moments around death to perceive, you know, as though you're standing literally in a doorway able to perceive this realm and that realm and the dedication that Shiva showed to provide those moments for Varaha. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty striking also and that tension of oh of Rama is saying you know I'll give you a little bit more time I mean if, as a creator it's possible that he's seeing that there's something created here now that's really worth its moment but each of them playing out their destinies also I think it's pretty remarkable it's interesting to me how Shiva is not willing to let it go. He's not willing to look the other way. He's not willing to ignore it or let it happen. Almost as if does he have an understanding of time that Raha may not in that moment. It's interesting to me with Shiva being the destroyer and being with Kali who is time that he's so invested in this not going further. He's also the ascetic, so it could be that he just can't tolerate that kind of luxury because it's not available to him, which feels actually sad for me for Shiva. I really like Shiva, but I feel sad at the thought that he can't kick back and enjoy ever. As a person in a human incarnation, I think about what it would be like to have to be a destro- to be a destroyer and Maybe one doesn't want to fall in love with the things that we're going to destroy. Yeah, maybe maybe it's easy to have some kind of a judgment about whatever it is that we're going to destroy, and then, boom, we can do it. Uh, Is that good? What do you love about the story? I I do love the... uh, the idea, well, I love Vishnu. I've always been in love with Vishnu. Vishnu is just awesome. It's actually really funny to me that of the three of them, the one I like least is Brahma. And it's so strange because I so create things all the time. One would think that I would go for Brahma first, <laughs> but no. But I especially love the idea that he forgets 
I love the line that you're a stupid pig. Like, you stupid pig, you have forgotten that you are God. I just want to scream that at people all the time, frankly. <laughs> so I love that there's a place where they just succinctly say that. And yet the pig, the boar, is the shape, the retriever. It's that opposite. It's that agora of stupid pig or divine pig, you know, filthy pig, divine being, like they're the same. And it's interesting to me how many, how many boars and pigs are part of the creation story. Many, many myths and many traditions. I find that fascinating. And I, it makes me wonder how many times this story happens. Because if, if, as, with Vishnu as a sustainer, what does a sustainer do? The circumstances that they find themselves in, I would imagine, if you are a sustaining god, are what sustain. So the inclinations of Vishnu, I would imagine, are all about that. In the same way that Shiva demonstrated his inclinations for destruction and, his, and that being his primary aspect. And a new world is created every time Brahma blinks, in theory. And so I wonder if Brahma's like, well, give him a minute. Is Brahma blinking? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to look away. <laughs> what I think I'm going to take away from the story more than anything is the allowing oneself to, to forget, to indulge, to not act out necessarily, but to be in it, to be in the filth, <laughs> to be in the fun and the joy, whatever that may be. Like being a child and playing in the mud, playing in the water, wear clothing, hair, appearance is of no consequence until later when you have to go home and you know you might get a spanking from your parents but until that happens it's worth it that joy is completely worth it that surrender to the moment is bigger than any other consequence that may come your way later i love that and i think for myself i found myself drawn to that moment when Varaha is having to dig through all of the silt and sediment and find the earth. And that connection that happens, even though the earth has gone its complex and complicated way and gone deep into the muck and clearly needs a, a reboot, a restart of some sort, those precious moments of restart that happened between the two of them, I think that's what I'm going to ponder. That rebooting doesn't have to be horrid, it can be charmed and beautiful and full of a loving, an instant love, I guess. I'm gonna be thinking about that. That's beautiful. I think I'm going with the idea that uh, all the pettiness and the ignorance. And in my mind, I put cruelty with that because I think it belongs there. It's really a call for a God to come hold us. Like I like the idea that it's not 
not just random obnoxiousness, which is so easy to see and feel right now, but rather it's a call for divinity to take care of us, to essentially bring us home one more time and give us another start. I love that. And if I could add my thought onto that, it's that we find ourselves in that place and we're really calling out for a God. And I hope I'm like the earth and that I'll recognize the God when I see them. And know that moment for what it is. That's very important. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, and I, I think that's so important. And I hope that I feel like we are in that moment a little bit right now in so many ways and I hope that divinity that interjection continues to come if we miss it because I feel like some that sometimes some people some situation some situations some circumstances we truly miss it but that just means that moment hasn't come yet I, I believe in that moment and I want to have I want to say, and I want to believe that when that moment comes, I will, like you were saying, also be able to recognize it and recognize myself in there too, because it was both. And and the allowing to be seen in all of ourselves and all of our parts and all of our muck and mess and whatever other chaos or complications we have come in to be embodied with, letting it all be seen. Yeah, I love that idea, too. I also like the thought that had she not, you know, his original intent was to go get her and dust her off and put her back. (laughs) So even if she had not recognized him, she just would have fallen again faster. You know what I mean? It would have continued until the moment when she did. And I also love that it was within her power, too. The one who was in trouble could go, oh, you're the person who can get me out. And and she knew that it happened many times. You know, she asked him, how many times did we do this? Well, and in his own way, Vishnu had his own aha moment too, when he became aware of himself and that he had forgotten about being a god, if I, if I heard that correctly. But, you know, when he was having that conversation with Shiva and... Those are such poignant moments of realization, just being able to hold and maintain that awareness. I wish that for everyone, that when the moment comes when we really want to be awake, you know, may, may you each be awake to what's happening so that whatever is happening unfolds most fully. Thank you so much for sharing this story. Thank you, my pleasure. It's absolutely lovely and very, very fitting for these times. And I think for all times, beautiful story. Beautifully told. Absolutely beautifully told. (laughs) Thank you. And special thanks to the fantastic Zoe Magic for her phenomenal editing skills.